0: welcome to the so you want to talk about leadership podcast where we redefine leadership leadership isn't just what you do it's who you are how you make people feel and how you show up in the world stay tuned for a different perspective on leadership to learn grow and expand as a person and leader if you're not afraid to lead by example or live in excellence this show is for you if this is not you Come on back when you're ready. We'd be glad to have you. Now, here's your host, the serial leader himself, Tony Miller Jr.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of So You Wanna Talk About Leadership, where I'm your host, Tony Miller Jr. Now, to start this episode off, I first just want to apologize because last season I promised that I would have a bonus episode the week after the last season but I wasn't able to get to that and that bonus episode was actually supposed to be one of the letters from the leadership alphabet and so what I did I actually I skipped the letter M in the leadership alphabet last season as we were closing out because I just felt that the letter M the word mentorship it needed its own episode it because mentorship has been so good to me, I would not be where I'm at if it wasn't for the advice, the care, the the critical conversation, the real talk conversations that I've gotten from so many of my mentors. And so let's really just jump into the magic of mentorship. And so to get us started off today, I want to talk about two of my favorite quotes about mentoring. The first is from John C. Crosby, and the second is from Bob Proctor. John C.'s quote is this, mentoring is a brain to pick, an ear to listen, and a push into the right direction. And Bob P. puts it this way, a mentor is someone who sees more talent and ability within you than you see in yourself, and they help bring it out of you. See, both of these quotes, they they highlight the role the importance the effectiveness of mentors see in my opinion it's it's wise for everyone in every area of your life to have a mentor see there there are many formulas and philosophies on on how many mentors you should have and what they should do as far as their occupation and even what they should look like and honestly in a lot of in, in many cases your mentors they have they've been where you are currently. So wherever you're sitting, whether it's point A and you're trying to get to point B, they've been to point A and they've already navigated what it takes to get to point B. They can help you get to wherever it is you're trying to get to. See, and the reason they can do that is because they have experienced what you're about to go through in one way or another. And suggest, and what we have to realize is just because their, their experience, our mentor's experience, it doesn't look exactly like ours. It does not mean that we can't benefit from their journey. I recommend having a mentor that's in your desired career field just to kind of prepare you as you enter the field, just so you kind of see some of the ups, downs, the ins and the outs, some some of the nuances of it. However, having mentors from different professional backgrounds, different cultural backgrounds, I think it's very helpful as well because, because they have a different perspective and they can think about problems and solutions from from a different lens. And another thing, like the great thing about having a mentor is not only the knowledge you get from them, but you also get the knowledge that their mentors have shared with them. So you get the two. You get two. You get the two for one special. See, useful information. And advice, no matter where it comes from, it can never get old. Everything you hear, man, that always apply to your life. Not, not right now, but it may be helpful down the line. One thing you must realize about people is that we really do want to serve as a mentor for someone because because they look at it. We look at it as you know, we we want to pay it forward to the up and coming generations because someone did the same for us. See, people generally like to help people um, and, and older people usually like to help the younger people when they see they're serious about success or they see they're serious about making a difference, making a change. They're serious about their career if they see something in that person. So if you're a younger person out there, get connected with the more seasoned, the more veteran, more experienced individual because nine times out of ten, they're looking to share what it is. And, and let's just be honest a lot of people whether you're introverted or extroverted people like to talk especially especially about themselves and see the tricky thing about mentorship is creating a relationship that may not already be there that may not come organically or may not be there naturally and this is the thing that you must remember as a mentee if you're in that if you're in this mentee role it is your job to communicate with the mentor Not the other way around. And I think a lot of mentor mentee relationships are messed up or strained or not as effective as they can be because the mentee's mindset is well, I'm asking them for help. They should reach out to me to check on me, see how I'm doing, and guide me. No, that's not the way it works. They've been there, they've done that. They are where they want to be, or at least they're a step closer to where they want to be. And they may be busy, they may have different things, but you are the one that is reaching out. You're the one that is, that desires their knowledge, that desires their skills, their experience to help you add that to your tool belt to make you become a better person overall, a better professional overall. So the onus of the communication and reaching out, it's on you. I have plenty of mentors and it's either me texting Or emailing one of them. And yes, sometimes because I have great mentors, they will text or they'll email me just to check in and see how things are going. But I understand that the onus of that relationship and making sure that it keeps going, it's on me to reach out to my mentor. Here's another thing about mentors that when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Mentors can provide insight simply because they have been in different places and seeing different things that we may have not have been exposed to, and so when we're thinking about a, when we're thinking about a mentor and who and what our mentor should look like, I want you to keep some of these qualities and some of these traits in mind. the first trait of quality that you should look for in a mentor and you know what let's go back and if you are in a position to where you can mentor others. Ask yourself if you possess some of these qualities and traits, because if not, I challenge you to get them because it's going to help you become a better mentor to whoever you're mentoring. So that first trait, the first quality you should look for in a mentor is actually just simply the desire to be a mentor. If they don't want to be a mentor, if they don't want to pour into you, they're not the one like and it's going to be a terrible relationship. You're not going to get what you expect to get. And they're probably not going to feel like talking to them, talking to you, and you're probably not going to feel like talking to them. There is nothing worse than being mentored by someone who's not interested in being a mentor. Like I said, the relationship will likely be rigid, awkward from beginning to end, and it will not be an enjoyable experience for either of you. Another critical Quality to look for in a mentor, or another critical quality for you to have as you prepare to be a mentor, you want to become a better mentor, is authenticity and care. You want a person who will provide honest feedback and do it in a way that is constructive and layered with care. You want a mentor that is available or accessible when you have questions. See, mentors, they will they will not and do not have to be available to you like your friends are. See, mentors are the people you go to where you want to get a different perspective, where you want to challenge how you think about an issue or a move that you're gonna make in your career or in your life. Like they they are someone you just want to bounce off, bounce ideas off of because a measured response will come your way. They're not going to just throw some just some crazy ideas, some something crazy out there it's going to be very thought, thought-provoking, thought and it's going to challenge you. It's going to grow you. See, wisdom and new knowledge is, is valuable. See, you want someone you can learn from. A mentor that, that does not challenge you mentally or expose you to new things, new ideas, new perspectives, then they may not need to be called a mentor. See, a mentor should be patient but should also challenge you. A mentor should also be invested in your success, but more importantly, also be a fan of your success. So you should always be able to trust your mentor. And so as you search for your mentor, be sure that they possess some of these qualities that I talked about. And as you step into that mentoring role, make sure that you possess these qualities so you can be the best mentor for those that are looking up to you, those that are looking to learn from you, those that are looking for you to pour into them. And 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 the reason I say this is because you do not have time to waste because you have a goal and a vision in mind for yourself. And I would say this, the last two qualities to look for are the comparability of values and someone who has experienced life. The value someone possesses, it tells you a lot about who they are. And the experiences someone has had professionally or personally, it helps a person grow and to evolve. Now, if you will, I want to just take a just take this time to talk about one of my longtime and I would say longest mentors that I've ever had. And obviously my dad's a mentor of mine, but he doesn't count because he's my dad. But I just want to talk about one of my mentors and kind of just talk about how he has helped me get to where I am in my career. And even just tell you, tell you a little bit about our story and how we met and how he really became a mentor and really is responsible for me being in the profession that I am in today. So my mentor is Dr. Samuel T. Miller. Um, And I met Dr. Miller my freshman year in college at Georgia Southwestern State University in America. Shout out to GSW Hurricanes. As I was going to college, I had recently started playing racquetball. And when I got to college, I realized and found out that we had racquetball courts and I saw guys playing racquetball and I didn't know who those guys were, but I got, I got there. I went down to the courts and Dr. Miller just happened to be one of those guys playing. And I told him I was trying to learn. I told him I, I I liked the sport. I was new to it, but I still was just learning and I was kind of raw. And so what Dr. Miller did, one thing that should have told me everything I needed to know about him before I actually knew who he was um, is he didn't introduce himself to me as Dr. Miller. He introduced himself to me as Sam. He said, hi, I'm Sam. And he put me on the email list to be able to play and things of that nature and so one day I was just talking to Dr. Miller. I was getting to know him we're playing weekly now, um, and I'm learning. And, and in that moment, I'm not even realizing that I'm getting mentored in racquetball. I'm just here like, hey, I can learn something from this guy. He, he, he seems like a cool dude. But it wasn't until the Thanksgiving of my freshman year that I realized who Dr. Miller was. And so the director of campus recreation was walking by or something like that. And, and I asked her because I knew her. And I, in some kind of way, Dr. Miller came up and she said to me, she's like, do you know who that is? And I was like, yeah, that's that's Mr. Sam. And she's like, no, no, no. But that's Dr. Miller. Like, that's Dr. Sam. Like, that's my boss. And the only person he answers to is the president of the university. Shout out to Dr. Blanchard. And in that moment, I'm like, oh wow, like this dude is important. This dude is really important. And so I kind of confronted Dr. Miller on why he didn't tell me who he was. And just being who he is, he's like, hey, it's really not important. I'm I'm still Sam. It doesn't matter what I do, it doesn't matter my position. You wanted to play racquetball and talk, that's what we do. And and so as Dr. Miller and I got closer. He took me under his wing and I started to ask and inquire about his career and ask, how did you get here? Because like, Hey, you're, you're a top dog here. And he did. And he took me through his career path. I mean, he sent me his resume. He showed me just the different routes and experiences that he had and he kind of really became a father figure um, to me there. But this is one thing that Dr. Miller did that contributed to my career path and trajectory. Dr. Miller mentioned that I might be interested in becoming a resident assistant. The college students that live in the buildings and they're seen as snitches and things of that nature, but being an RA, it's a good deal. You get your housing paid for, you get a meal plan, you may get a stipend, depending on the university that you're at. And so he said, hey, give it a shot, apply and see what happens. I listened to the man. He actually served as a reference. I was an RA, ended up graduating as a hall director. But I continued to talk and talk to him about his career. I wanted to know how I could help people and do what I enjoy doing as a student leader on campus. And so Dr. Miller, again, is continuing to talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. And I said, well, how can I get into this field? And so he said, well, hey, you go to graduate school, you can get one of these type degrees. They're different names, whether it's college student affairs, higher education administration, whatever, whatever the, the, the degree is. You got to go to grad school to learn about student affairs to then go into that profession. And there are many functional areas of student affairs, whether it's student activities, fraternity, sorority life, career development, housing and residence life, student conduct, campus recreation, all those different. I mean, multicultural. I mean, there's so many others. But he told me you never want to get pigeonholed into one area. And so I was already in housing. And so obviously I wanted to branch out and get more experiences. And I ended up going to graduate school to be in housing. And so I'm thinking, what's next? Well, Dr. Miller gave me this this information. I think this is a big point on where, where mentors come in. So Dr. Miller told me that there are two areas in student affairs, depending on how universities are set up, of course, That people tend to avoid, including vice presidents for student affairs, which was his role. And he said he had colleagues who didn't like to have certain areas, one of these, under their purview because it was so difficult. And so I asked him, I said, well, what are those? He said financial aid. And then he said student conduct. Well, he said judicial affairs, but the, the, the term now it's student conduct. And so in my mind, I say, I think that student conduct will be the lesser of the two evils. So I will pursue that. And the reason he said that financial aid and student conduct were difficult, but they were well worth it is because of the work that you do, having difficult conversations, dealing with policies and procedures, even creating policies and procedures, especially from the student conduct side. And that is going to be the work that you would do one day. As a vice president for student affairs, as a dean of students, or as associate vice president, or whatever the case is. And so, as a result of this, Dr. Miller taking me under his wing first as a racquetball protege, but secondly as a student affairs mentor. I'm where I'm at because of Dr. Miller. Every job that I've had and applied to, every, you know, when I went to grad school, he was my reference. He's always been my top reference and he will forever be my top reference. And he's always there to cheer me on. He's always, I mean, he, I mean, when I graduated grad he sent an email out to every vice president in the university system of Georgia, like in that system, those 30 plus vice presidents. He said, hey, I got a young man who just graduated from graduate school and he'd be a wonderful asset for you. So if you have a job, look at this young man. Dr. Miller didn't have to do that. And I didn't ask Dr. Miller to do that. But as a mentor who understood what mentorship looked like, he did that. And he was willing to put his name on me. And so I said all that to say, one, thank you, Dr. Miller. I really appreciate it. And I understand that I would not be where I'm at if it was not for meeting you in the fall of 2009. And I thank you for just continuing to invest in me and pour into me and even just continue to cultivate our relationship. Dr. Miller is the epitome of what a mentor looks like. And I know he had other mentees. I know he still has other mentees. I know he was mentoring at the middle school and high school while I was in college, which started me mentoring in the middle schools and high schools while I was in college. And so to all my mentees out there and to all my mentors and future mentees and future mentors, take this this lesson of mentorship and understand the magic of it because what I've learned, and I think there was some, I want to say, I think there was another AVP at another university. I was on a webinar a few years ago, and I heard him say that it's not what you know. But it's who you know, and if you have the right relationships with people, then that can potentially open doors for you. And if you are just as good as they say you are, and maybe even better, and you may not even have to be as good as they say you are, just act like you got a little bit of sense and show some competence, you may be able to get that opportunity. And so, if you haven't got anything from what I said today, is be open to getting a mentor. And just keep in mind that one day the opportunity will come for you to possibly be a mentor and just on that one relationship or those two or three relationships, it can take you far. Remember the onus is on you to cultivate those relationships. So thank you for listening. I know I was a little long, but not too many people know that story of Dr. Miller, how he took me under his wings. And like I said, I'll be indebted to him forever. And so, Thank you again, Dr. Miller. And until next time, everybody, as always, be the leader that your peers need to see. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? Do you want to influence more people and powerfully impact their lives? Are you looking to advance in your career or even gain the courage to finally pursue your purpose? If so, I have a great opportunity for you. I've been coaching people the last few years to do these exact same things. And I want to offer this opportunity to about one to three people. So if you are interested in having a leadership coach to help you take your leadership to the next level, move forward and advance in your career, in influencing more people, making a tremendous transformational impact, and finally pursuing your purpose, and you would like me to be your leadership coach along the way, just text LEAD, L-E-A-D, To 833 518 1961. That again is text LEAD, L E A D, to 833 518 1961.
0: Thanks for joining us today. We hope you received education, engagement, or empowerment. If you did, please leave a rating, like the episode, share the episode, reach out to Tony or all of the above, don't forget to check out our Patreon page in the show notes to get extras as a patron of the show. So until next time, be the leader your peers need to see.